You may know you're listening to this show along the Marketing Podcast Network, but did you know there are other great shows on MPN to help your business? Christy Heiler hosts a fantastic podcast called Own It. Christy, tell us more about the show. Own It is all about celebrating women and non-binary advertising agency owners. We talk about buying out of the Boys Club of Advertising because less than 1% of ad agencies are owned by women. And where can people subscribe? You can find the podcast at untilyouownit.com. We're also on the Marketing Podcast Network at marketingpodcast.net. And of course, you can subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. You heard her. Go subscribe. Well, hello and welcome to Recording a Story. I'm your host, Mike Carlin. And today, oh boy, I've got a big conversation, a big conversation about little things. A big conversation about little things, because little things don't always wind up so little. Now, do they? Uh, but of course, I want to start off with a story. So uh, this story begins in begins and ends, actually, in uh, June of 2017. U2 had come around and they were touring the Joshua Tree. Um, so it was a, the 30th anniversary of that that album, which I mean, if you're a U2 fan and why wouldn't you be? Um <laughs> uh, you know, Joshua Tree was 30 years old, uh, came out in 87. So 2017 makes 30. And um, they were they were playing it um, the, the entire album front to back uh, in in during this tour. And um, really, I mean, not a bad song on that album, if you think about it. And, and, and honestly, if you haven't heard a live version of Bullet in the Blue Sky, or if you haven't heard a live version of the song Exit, which was never released as a single, you really haven't lived. But of course, I digress. Now, they opened the show with a few songs that were written prior to the Joshua Tree. So this was kind of like a nostalgia. The first half of this show, the first three quarters of the show was all nostalgia, you know, and if memory serves, you know, they, they come out, uh, they play Sunday, Bloody Sunday, and the crowd goes goes wild, right? Then they play Bad, which is my my personal, my favorite U2 song ever off of uh, The Unforgettable Fire. Uh, they play Bad. They play New Year's Day. I like New Year's Day. Don't love it. I like it. And then, of course, I mean, Pride in the Name of Love. Like when you hear that song. I mean, if that song doesn't send chills down your spine, you know, you may want to check your pulse um, or at least your blood oxygen level. <laughs> um, and, and look, I've seen the band plenty of times before 2017. Right? Plenty of times. But. This year, they're doing all these old songs, and, and I've never heard them play all of these hits in one show, you know, because I started seeing them in, in the early 90s. You know, this is the Zoo TV era, you know, Zoo TV, Zoropa, you know, Pop, Pop Mart tour. And, um, you know, they kind of eschewed. They didn't, they didn't play a lot of the old stuff back then. You know, they wanted to focus on the new stuff. Rightfully so. That's fine. Um, but but at that show, I could have died that night. I, I could have died that night my life would have felt complete. My life would have felt complete because all of these great songs coming at me. It was a fantastic night, a good time. Loved it. Loved every minute of it. So, um, but after they, after they play all these nostalgic songs, right, they, they play the entire Joshua Tree, take a little break, they come back, then they start playing some of their later songs, which I like too. I like a lot of their later stuff. Um, I'm, I'm kind of funny like that. But um, they closed the song. I'm sorry, they closed the show with a song that was on their forthcoming album, right? The album was going to be released later that year. The, the album was uh, Songs of Experience, kind of the follow-up to 2014's Songs of Innocence album. 
All right, so uh, the song they choose to play is called The Little Things That Give You Away. And it's a deep song. It's one of Bono's, you know, really deep songs, you know. And like many of these songs um, that, that are super deep, you know, Bono's like writing it to himself, right? I think he's the subject matter in his song. He's like stepping outside of himself and uh, kind of writing and speaking to himself in this song. And, you know, the, the melody is kind of haunting and, and the bridge of the song is really interesting. And, and, and this is the bridge of the song. I'll play it for you right now. Now, look, I'm no psychologist, (laughs) but I play one on TV. No, I don't even do that. Um, I'm no psychologist. But to me, this is all about fear. You know, this is about the fear that he won't be able to write anymore. The fear that it's all over. You know, the the fear that the best years of his life are behind him, you know, creatively as an artist. And now for something completely different. Yes. Yes. Thank you, John Cleese. Something completely different. So. Uh, Over the past few weeks, I've been interviewing small business owners in the retail industry about the pandemic and how it's impacted their businesses. And I have a client who I'm going to, you know, have him remain nameless here, his company remain nameless. But but they really want to understand specifically how Hispanic bodega owners were weathering the storm. And, you know, he knows this because I've I've written a report. But um, the answer is not great. The answer is not great. You know, while, while they're considered to be essential and they could stay open, you know, they could stay open during the pandemic. His the customer base of these stores are, are largely kind of elderly, you know, older Hispanic, you know, men and women living in the neighborhoods where the stores are. And you know, these are people who would walk to this his store or the, their stores, you know, to pick up their groceries, oftentimes doing it, you know, after after Sunday church. And one of my participants who, who I'll call, you know, Edward um, told me that, you know, the, the fear that was set in by the news, by the news media, was so strong that his customers basically refused to leave their homes. And now for context, you know, his store, the store that that Edward owns with his father is in Georgia. It's about an hour northwest of Atlanta. And, and where, you know, this is an area of the country where we in the Northeast anyway, were led to believe that people weren't taking the pandemic all that seriously. It just goes to show, you know. Um, how, how misinformation can get out there. Uh, clearly, it, it was very serious for him because his store almost went out of business because people were, weren't leaving their homes to come in. Now, his kiss of death actually was when the churches were forced to close. Uh, as many of the people, as I mentioned before, would, would kind of do their their marketing, you know, on on Sundays, you know, either before or after going to church. Here's what Edward has to say about it. Also, when they closed down the church was when nobody was really coming out. You know, that's one thing they did close down the church. So 
that's you know Hispanics go to church on Sunday religiously like yeah. that's what they do and for that they go buy their go to the market and buy their produce and yeah really after that was when like I said that that was the week that really hit us. And this market, uh, really kind of a, a Hispanic butcher shop, was a business that his father opened up in January of 2020. And in fact, his father, um, who had retired from his job in um, kind of a, I guess he was like a sheet worker. Um, yeah, he basically took his 401k and liquidated it. And then he bought the business thinking that it would be his retirement plan. And, you know, uh, his father, he loved to cook. Um, he dreamed of kind of extending this into a small restaurant and, um you know, in addition, his father was 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 a farmer. He was raising the animals that they, they would slaughter and sell as as meat in, in you know, in, in that their little small butcher shop. You know, we're talking goats, we're talking lamb, um, some beef. And these are all kind of traditional ingredients in in, in Guatemalan food. And this is sort of the, the Guatemalan community was largely who he was servicing um, in, in their part of Georgia. Um and so things were looking good, you know, January and February were great for them. But then then March happens. And, you know, while people did stock up a little bit as news of the pandemic was was starting to creep into to the U.S., you know, people just started hunkering down and, and their fear kind of kept them inside. Now, make no mistake, I'm, I'm not judging them for their fear. You know, I know that the fear is real. You know, I, I know that. um you know, people are afraid and should be afraid. I mean, they're, you know, this pandemic, um, COVID-19, you know, um, yeah, there's, there's a lot of people, you know, who are suffering from it or have passed away. But the thing is, you know, bigger businesses did okay during this time, bigger retail businesses, you know, grocery stores were, were doing fine. Um, you know, the Walmart down the road from, from his, you know, father's, uh, his and his father's store, you know, weren't in, in fear of closing. You know, they, they didn't have um, any issues, really. But uh, the business that, you know, he owns with his father was basically on life support. And he started to face the fear that Bono was singing about in that song. Listen to him talk about it. Upon opening doors, I mean, people were coming in. It's a small town, you know, so they my dad makes like um, different meals on the weekend, like um, classic Mexican dishes and. People are very fond of him. So once they know he was opening the butcher shop, it was, you know, it was on and popping. But then, like March, April, it just pretty much became non-existent. I mean, from the doors just rotating, rotating to, I mean, you could hear the flies, you know, just if you, there was a fly in the building, you could hear it. It was just, you know, it was devastating for him because he's about to, re- well, he was about to retire because he's 62 years old. So that was his retirement plan. Yeah. So now he's still working another year while we hopefully keep this going. Cause I mean, it is picking up some now, but I mean, nothing like when we started last year. And I was curious about, you know, how, you know, if at all his suppliers uh, showed them that they supported him during this time. And in one, uh, one supplier, you know, who, who sold him canned goods, you know, extended credit to him, gave him some more favorable terms. And in turn, that kind of, you know, helped him, you know, at least have have some product on shelves. Um, but 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 it also made him feel a lot more loyal to, to this particular su- supplier. But um, but as he started talking about it some more, he, he started to get angry about it, you know, because most of his suppliers, most of them would were just reaching out to him with invoices. You know, they were reaching out to him with late payment notices and, and nothing more. 
and you'll hear him talk about it in a minute. But after a while, like the trucks would would pass him by. They wouldn't stop off at his store anymore. And look, I get it. You know, those suppliers, you know, they can't eat by by giving things away. But but something tells me, you know, the companies like the ones he was talking about could afford to go 60 or 90 days with their payment terms. They could. Um, there was one supplier in particular he was talking about, and I won't mention them by name, but let's just say his store is outside of uh, Atlanta and uh, that business is based there and they're not hurting for money at all. They're making a lot of money selling uh, selling their sugar water. Um, but he told me something interesting. You know, he told me that if they just did a few little things for him, it would have made all the difference in the world. I feel like the care was zero. It was just like non-existent. They didn't, it was whatever. Like your business doesn't matter to me, but they don't know how much it really does matter to me, you yeah. know, and my father and his 401k that is now capped out, you know, yeah. like they didn't see that. And I understand they don't see that, but that's what we were going through. What could they have done for you? Like what? The same thing the other did. Open a little credit line. Even $500 would have helped, you know? Instead of like, this is the link with, um, this is your bill. You could like, you know, I know they have plenty of money. You know, it's not like they were hurting, but they were not trying to help. Nobody was trying to help. They would just, if you were delinquent, that they wouldn't even pass by anymore. You'd see them pass by the road and that was it. They weren't even coming to your store. So there it is again. You know, what, what Bono was singing about, you know, the little things. You know, we have to remember it's the little things that, that oftentimes make all the difference in the world. You know, if you look at world class athletes, right? World world class. <laughs> I can't speak this morning. I need more coffee. If you look at world class athletes, you know, take runners or swimmers, for example, they don't win races by minutes. You know, if you look at number one and number two, you know, they're not even winning by seconds. You know, we're talking tenths of seconds, you know, hundredths of seconds. Little things. You know, a comedian can change one word in a joke or add, you know, one extra pause or maybe just change an inflection and it can earn them a bigger laugh or a bigger applause break. Little things. So just as the little things give us away, as Bono says, it's the little things that can also build us up. You know, the other day I was talking to a fellow moderator uh, who I hired to help me with a project. And this is actually a project that, that I'm talking about here where, where I met Edward. You know, she speaks uh, Spanish fluently and uh, some of the people that we're talking to uh, do not speak English very well. So I helped her. I hired her to, to help me with this project. And, you know, as part of that, you know, I sent her a link to some of the interviews I've done so she can get a sense of, you know, what, what the project was all about and, and kind of my interviewing style and. And she called me back and, and told me just how much she loved my interviewing style and how natural it felt to her. You know, she said that you know, I didn't feel like I was watching an interview. I thought I was just watching a conversation of of somebody who was interested in and in, in, in really just curious about what another person's experience in this world was. And it didn't feel clinical to her. She had felt natural, you know, and, and then, you know, I've known her for a long time. She also remarked, you know, on, on all the things that I've accomplished in the past few years from from reinventing my business to my creative endeavors with my books and and the video editing I've been doing for for some people and and, and look I, I'm 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 the last person who will go fishing for compliments um, but but I have to say you know what she was what she was saying to me was exactly what I needed to hear you know and and it didn't you know it didn't cost her anything to to say this to me but it it really changed my day it changed my day it was not a huge investment of time. On her part, it was a little thing. 
So here's the thing, your, your mission, right? Your mission, if, if you choose to accept it, you know, find a way to do something little for someone else today, you know, offer a compliment, you know, offer a little pick me up to someone else, call someone just to chat or, 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 or do something for yourself, you know, go, go on a walk, you know, take a walk outside, treat yourself to a healthy meal, you know, do some journaling, do some journaling, little things, little things, you know, oftentimes I think we get so caught up on big changes that we forget that little actions can make big differences. And that's one to grow on.